All right, welcome to the newest episode of Bronx Bombers Beat. I am Nate Shelton. Super excited to jump in and talk to you about everything in Yankees baseball this week. Of course, this week can all be summed up in three words. Red Sox-Yankees. The rivalry continued this weekend. Both teams looked way ahead of their schedule early in the week to set up this matchup. Especially set up pitching lineups so their rotations all worked out for them when they met on Friday. First matchup was CC Sabathia, the stopper for the Yankees, usually is the one to stop a losing streak or a comeback and get a win after a tough loss, as was the case in the 3 nothing loss the game before against the Philadelphia Phillies. He was matched up against Eduardo Rodriguez, who has kind of been up and down for the Red Sox this year. Well, CC did his job, only gave up one run in seven innings, just the workhorse stud of a pitcher that he has always been. Yankees jumped all over Eduardo Rodriguez from the start. Glaber Torres with a sacrifice fly to score Didi in the first inning. And then the kid, Miguel Andahar, had a two-run home run to score Glaber Torres later on in the game. It was quickly 3 to nothing before the Red Sox had a chance to strike back. Just snowballed from there. Aaron Judge hit a home run, two-run home run with Aaron Hicks on base. And Greg Bird, who has been pretty quiet since coming back from his foot surgery, hit two home runs himself in an 8-1 to victory to open the series against the Red Sox. Taking back first place in percentage points in the division. Of course, like I've said all along, this is a heavyweight fight all season to see who wins the AL East this year between the two teams. Saturday matchup was Chris Sale against Sonny Gray. And if you ask most fan, Yankee fans coming in, they expected this to be a loss with the way Chris Sale pitches and <clears throat> Sonny Gray's performances in Yankee Stadium. And that was the case as Chris Sale only gave up two hits and the Red Sox jumped all over Sonny Gray right off the bat in the first inning. Gail Devers had a th- Grand Slam in the first inning, and that was all she wrote for the Yankees as they rolled to an 11-0 win. Gail Devers himself went 5-for-5 with a double and just home runs all over the board for the Red Sox, a game that the Yankees quickly wanted to forget and get ahead to Sunday night when their ace, Luis Severino, was on the mound facing David Price, and most Yankee fans throughout the week and even the weekend were wondering if David Price would make his schedule start as the last time the Red Sox rolled into town, he was scratched from his start with Carpal Tunnel. Turned out he had been playing too much Fortnite the couple days before and had gotten a stiff wrist. So seems like David Price always just... Ever since he's been with the Red Sox, has been not the most mentally strong pitcher. So a lot of court Yankee fans were mockingly wondering if he would start, and he did. But he may as well not have, as the Yankees returned the favor of Saturday evening's game, jumped on top of the Red Sox in the first inning 
and with an Aaron Judge solo home run. And then Glaber Torres followed that up in the same inning with a three-run home run himself, and it was 4 to nothing before the Red Sox or even Yankee fans could sit down. And then the following inning, Aaron Hicks hit a two-run home run, six to nothing, before we even got into the third inning. Just a solid all-around game for the Yankees and an 11-1 win. Luis Severino, the starter, just continues his dominant season. Only gave up a couple hits, had a couple walks, no runs, a few strikeouts, went seven innings. Little bit of issue with his pitch count, kind of ran his pitch count up a little bit too high early on, but and you get a quality start from him. You can't, really can't complain. It's just nitpicking at this point with his starts. Like I've said before, a bad start for Severino is your best start from your number three pitcher. So nothing to complain about from Severino. He has turned into the Yankees version of Pedro Martinez, and I have no complaints with that. Yankee fans have been waiting for a long time for a pitcher like we see from Severino. So we hope this... We all hope this continues on for the foreseeable future. <clears throat> but, as I said, Aaron Hicks had a home run. He ended up the night with three home runs, a couple of just monster shots that sounded like they weren't going to come back down for quite a while. A great night for him. He has definitely picked it up the month of June and carrying it into July. So, it's great to see from your center fielder. The odd thing about this series, none of these games were even close. All of them were blowouts. I can't for the life of me remember a series between these two teams where all of these games were so lopsided. It just seems like maybe once in a while you get a lopsided blowout. But usually most of the games are pretty nip and tuck and tight. And they seem to go on forever. A couple of things... Want to take away from this series? Number one, Sonny Gray continues to struggle, as I said, in Yankee Stadium. And he was interviewed after the game. Kudos to him for facing the media after a start like that, the New York media, no less. And he owned up to it. He doesn't know how he's going to go about fixing it, but is determined to fix his starts. He even was quoted as saying, you know, our team is the best team in baseball for four out of five days and I take my spot in the rotation and it just quickly goes downhill he's searching for answers and I personally I feel sorry for the guy because we know and we've seen it before that he can be a good pitcher with the he was with that with the A's and I've seen it a couple times with the Yankees but more than nothing he's inconsistent and He's going to have to figure that out because he's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon with the organization. Not going to be sitting him down, putting him in the bullpen. He's got to face the music and start pitching better. He does decent on the road, but something about Yankee Stadium, it's a mental block or just what it is. He's thinking too much on the mound, trying to be perfect for the fans. I Something... Uh, got to change for Sonny Gray. Another take from this series, just how well matched up these two teams are and how close they are talent-wise is just 
ridiculous. As I said, all three games were a blowout, and all three teams, or both teams, are extremely similar. Both have potent offenses, and when they're clicking, you can't stop them. Both teams have a weak spot in the rotation. Of course, obviously, Yankees is Sonny Gray. Boston, David Price. Both teams have a solid bullpen, I would say. Unbiased, looking at it, the Yankees have the better bullpen. There's solid arms in their top to bottom. The Red Sox themselves have a good bullpen with Kimbrell and... He's the most consistent. I would say Joe Kelly's pretty good, but everybody else in there seems to be inconsistent, and you will see the Red Sox try to improve that bullpen. That would be their one real weak spot, along with the David Price situation in the rotation. But, again, just these two teams are so evenly matched up and down. But for my money, when the Yankees are on top of their game, I don't think even the Red Sox can contend with them as you saw in the 8-1 to and 11-1 to games so this definitely going to be a roller coaster the rest of the season and I said a couple as I said a couple episodes ago this will come down to the final series in the season those two teams will be facing off last series of the season most likely for the division so that's it's going to be a wild ride all the way through. It's going to be fun to watch. <clears throat> Excuse me. But just so much be taken away from all of this. Both teams' percentage points separated in the win-loss column. So now we look ahead to what the Yankees have coming up and the the Atlanta Braves roll into town. Going to be an interesting series as both teams are first in first place. The Braves way ahead of schedule in their rebuild. Just surprising everybody in the National League. They have start off their series with Anibal Sanchez pitching against Jonathan Lasica or Jonathan Lasagna, as everybody fondly calls him. Then we have another interesting pitching matchup with Domingo Herman facing off against Sean Newcomb, a very solid pitcher for the Braves this year. He's been very steady with a 2.7 ERA, so it will be nice to see if Herman can bounce back and after his rough outing he had last start and see if he can get a win for the Yankees in that start. So the Yankees need to follow up their series win over the Red Sox with a series win against the Braves. A little throwback action to the 90s with the World Series matchups they had during their run in the late 90s. The Red Sox will be facing off against the Washington Nationals, so hopefully the Red Sox will stumble a little bit and the Yankees can maybe grab a game or two in the win-loss column in the division. Taking a look at the rest of the AL East, you know, the standings, Boston and Yankees, of course, run 1-2. Tampa Bay this week had a very solid week. They have been 8-2 in their last 10 games. Took 3 of 4 from the Astros, so things are working pretty good for the little engine that could down there in Tampa Bay. They have 
filling their rotation with bullpen starters ever every couple days it's been go- been working for them i don't see that as being a long-term solution for any team kind of a gimmicky thing right now but it is working for them so give them kudos for that thinking outside of the box to win some games and 500 for them with the way their team is built is i you got to say exceeding expectations right now Toronto in fourth place. They lost a handful of games this weekend, kind of sputtering here as they've lost two starters in their rotation and Aaron Sanchez and Jaime Garcia. See if they can get back on track this week. And of course, bringing up the rear is the Baltimore Orioles, a record of 24 and 59. They had a 500 week, so they've started to pick it up a little bit on offense unfortunately the pitching is just a mess Chris Davis as we've talked about he was benched for a week or so since then he has started to pick it up offensively has seven home runs in the last couple weeks so kind of are encouraged if you're an Oriole fan by that seeing some offense come to life still batting averages way below the Mendoza line but in this day and age of metrics and analytics and everything, the batting average is really not the end-all, be-all anymore. So I'm sure the Orioles are not concerned with that. They will be dealers, be sellers at the trade deadline. Probably would move Darren O'Day if they can, but I believe he's on the DL right now. So we'll see what happens with that. Zach Britton could be on the move. And also, Manny Machado is being rumored to be traded to either, possibly either the Braves, Phillies, or Dodgers. Of those teams, I would think it'd be the Phillies or Dodgers with the most, the biggest need at shortstop. Of course, the Braves have Dansby Swanson filling their shortstop position, so it's not a major need for them right now. And plus, they're playing well, so I don't see offensively them making too many moves they're just they are clicking right now in Atlanta so I also want to look at the all-star voting of course Jose Altuve leads all vote getters in the American League Aaron Judge is third in the outfield voting also along with Gary Sanchez who has struggled this year but still getting votes he is second in catcher voting Didi is third, a distant third at this point in shortstop voting. So it looks like Aaron Judge and possibly Luis Severino may get starting positions in the All-Star game. Severino will, of course, be decided by the AL manager, who is A.J. Hinch of the world champion Houston Astros. You got to think if Verlander is available to pitch, he will be the starter. But if he has a scheduled start coming up or has just pitched before the All-Star game, Severino could sneak in there and get that AL start. It'd be awesome for him and Yankee fans if he could do that. He's just had, a, like I said, a lights-out season. He's now 13-2 on the year, a 1.98 ERA, 127 strikeouts, just... Absolutely dominant, and if you're a Yankees fan, you're ecstatic because this is the pitcher we've all been waiting for for 
I, I would say th at least 30 years, if not longer. I mean, even when the Yankees in their 90s dominance, they'd never had a shutdown starter of this magnitude. Maybe Roger Clemens for a couple years, but even he was on the downside of his prime. So, Severino, you know, he's going to be here for a while, and it's going to be fun to watch. That's going to wrap up this episode of Bronx Bombers Beat. Thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to talking to you next week and see where the Yankees are at in the standings.